You're listening to Collective Practice, a podcast for mental health entrepreneurs who dare to dream, create, and grow your business. I'm Lauren Spaulding, marriage and family therapist and business consultant. I'm on a mission to create abundant success for those in the helping profession who strive to tear down barriers around mental wellness and create healing opportunities for all. Thank you so much for joining me in today's episode. Let's jump right in. Hello, you spunky platypus. Welcome back to the Collective Practice Podcast. I'm Lauren Spaulding, and this is a mental health entrepreneur podcast. Here I talk about all things business skills, clinical skills, and taking care of your own mental health as you pursue your passions. So welcome to today's episode. I am going to be focusing on building a foundation for your business, specifically things that you should be focused on within that first year, one to three years of opening your doors, whether you're opening real doors or virtual. These different aspects of your private practice are going to be really important for you to give attention to throughout your time building your business. And these are going to really, really help set your business up for success and hopefully set you up to create a sustainable business. The first one is an obvious one. You need all of the legal paperwork filled out and filed so that you can open your business. And some of that paperwork is your PLLC, having an NPI and an EIN. There's a few more things as well. If you don't know all of the paperwork needed to open your private practice, be sure to download my free masterclass. I have a a sample business plan along with that masterclass, and I do list out all of the paperwork that you need for your business. In addition to the legal paperwork, you also have to be thinking about the paperwork for your clients, so your intake forms, your practice policies, so on and so forth. So those are non-negotiable. You have to have your business license, your tax ID, all your paperwork in place and filed for you to open your private practice. Now, when you're thinking of your business license, there is some confusion on, do I need a PLLC or an LLC? You need a PLLC um, because that is the business license you need to show that you're providing services. It's kind of like I'm the product that's going to be bringing in revenue for the company. An LLC would be something you would get later on if you were to, say, open an office space and rent to people, or if you were to start selling a actual product, you know, if you started selling like essential oils or something like that. That's where an LLC comes into play, but you don't have to worry about that. To open your private practice, you just need a PLLC. I personally recommend that you just open it as your name. So mine is Lawrence Balding PLLC. The reason for that is that if you have a practice name, so say I want collective practice to be my practice name in the future, that's fine. I don't necessarily need to change the name of a PLLC. Um, There are other other things that I could do to have that be my practice name and it's under that umbrella of Lawrence Balding PLLC. The reason that I don't recommend you make it what you want to name your practice right now is because that could change. And there are lots of therapists who take out a PLLC with a certain name that's like, 
you know, maybe speaking to their niche or their population, or it's just a name that they really like for their business. And then five, 10 years down the road, their business model really changes or their niche changes. It doesn't feel like it fits anymore. And then they have to pay an additional amount and PLLCs are not cheap to change that name. Whereas if it's always just your name, Lauren Spalding PLLC, you can always have names underneath that as like kind of an umbrella of the company and you don't have to pay a bunch of money to change your PLLC. Another reason that you should consider keeping it just your name for now is when people pay you. So uh, if someone wants to write you a check, uh, which you might be like, oh, no, 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 I only take like credit card and cash. But there are instances where you might be given a check, say if you take insurance or maybe you have a client who has a reason to write a check for you. You just don't know. They're likely going to write your name on the check. They're not going to write your business's name. And so if your business is called a different name, you're going to have to void the check. You're going to have to get another one. It could be a whole mess. And so it's important to remember that as business owners, we could be really excited about a name. We could think it's such a great fit for our business and what we do. But because we provide services, our clients are always just thinking about us as the brand. They're not thinking about the name Collective Practice. They have even seen that name pop up a few times on their paperwork, even though I haven't made it my official name, haven't blinked an eye because they're not thinking about that. They're thinking my therapist is Lauren Spalding. And so it's important for you to kind of consider how your clientele is thinking about your business when you think about things like a business name, an office name, things like that. Now, you don't have to reinvent the wheel here. There are lots of people that have filled out this paperwork and you might have a mentor or a friend who's willing to kind of walk you through what to expect when filling out the paperwork. But if it does feel overwhelming, you don't have to pay a lawyer. Just get some consultation from someone. I'm happy to offer that for you and just showing you what you need to fill out because you shouldn't have to break the bank for this paperwork. It's not as complicated as it feels when you think about it right now. You haven't started it yet. It feels pretty overwhelming, but once you start actually filling out the paperwork, it does make sense. There are a few things that might confuse you a tiny bit, but that's not worth like paying hundreds of dollars in legal fees for a lawyer to look over this stuff. That's just my two cents. Okay, so now let's move into things that they're not fully required, but they are heavily, heavily going to impact the success of your business. And the first thing is, of course, your online presence. We are in the digital age, and oftentimes people who are potential clients are not going to be as keen to call you up and schedule with you if they don't see any type of online presence. Now, I'm not necessarily saying you have to have social media, but you at least need to have a, either a landing page or a website where someone can read a little bit about you. They can see your photo, maybe see a video, depending on um, what you upload and they can get a real sense of if you're a good fit or not. That's really gonna help you have a higher turnover rate from a stranger becoming a client. And so you wanna make sure that you are thinking about your online presence and if you wanna have 
a website, what directories you want to be a part of, and if you do decide to have social media, what do you want to focus on in that content plan? And of course, as you're mapping all of that out, you want to be thinking about branding. You want to think of what your brand message is and what your brand voice and brand personality is. So how are you communicating that brand message? And of course, you're going to be thinking about colors and fonts, but also all of the intangible things, you know, the the messages that you're portraying, the populations that you're trying to reach, and the specializations and niches that you're communicating in your online presence. Because you're really trying to market to your ideal client. You don't want to just get your calendar filled. You want to make sure that you're getting it filled with clients that feel great to you to work with, that you feel really confident to help. And that's going to help in the long term with your business rather than just kind of starting out as a general therapist with no real brand voice or no real niche. And you're going to be getting all sorts of calls, all sorts of mental health issues and therapeutic goals. And it's not going to really make it clear to people that refer to you what you do and what you do well. So as you're building that online presence, you want to be not only thinking about how your ideal client is receiving you, but also the potential referrals that could be sending clients your way, whether that's another therapist, another practice, an insurance provider, what have you. Another thing that's really important for you to give attention to as a new business owner is your mindset as an entrepreneur, recognizing limiting beliefs or negative beliefs that might pop up from time to time that could impact your business and could impact yourself as an entrepreneur. So addressing things like imposter syndrome, compassion fatigue, addressing things uh, like fears that come up around being a private practice owner, or even ways that you hold yourself back when you think about your goals. If you notice you're saying things like, oh, I'd like to do this someday, but it just feels impossible. Or this is something I'd like to put in my business plan, but it'll probably be 10 years down the road. If there's any way that you are limiting yourself as a business owner, you want to make sure that you're unpacking that and you're addressing that. And that could be through your own therapy, that could be through consultation, or even having a group of like-minded private practice owners where you are sharing your experience being an entrepreneur. It can be a very lonely experience if you're not mindful about bringing community into your business plan. And if you are not addressing these negative thoughts that can come in, you really could be hurting your business in the long term. So this is something you really want to make sure you're giving attention to early on in your entrepreneurial journey. Another aspect of business that I recommend you give attention to, give a lot of attention to, especially in the first year of your business, is budgeting. Making sure that you are really becoming financially conscious about your business, that you are making sure that you're not spending more than what you're actually bringing in. And one big piece to this is having a separate checking account that is business related. I mean, even a business checking account versus a 
personal one that you can open with a bank and having all of your revenue go there and dividing it into all of your overhead before you even pay yourself. That is going to be a significant shift from having your revenue go into your personal checking. You're going to really have a better pulse on what you're doing with your money and things that you might be doing that are actually hurting your business. And so that's a really big thing I recommend early, early on in your career as an entrepreneur is to open a business checking account and have all revenue go there and not to personal checking or personal savings. And then I recommend that you start learning about money management and financial health and start applying that into your business. I personally love the I, this aspect of business because it's very empowering and it really helps you keep focused on your goals rather than getting distracted by things that kind of come up all the time in our field like oh this famous therapist is offering this thing you should totally sign up or all your friends are doing this course where they're going to travel and you should do it and you could always feel constantly behind financially if you're getting caught up in those day-to-day -day temptations versus budgeting daily and having mindful money habits in your business are going to really allow you to make those choices more consciously, really understand their impact on your net profit, your um, on your net revenue. And it's really going to impact how you pay yourself and how you can turn a profit in your first year of business. I remember when I was applying for graduate school, the school that I went to held this kind of mixer where licensed therapists came and mingled with potential students and they, we could ask them questions and talk with them about their experience. And I met this woman who had just gone into private practice. She was about one year to 18 months into her private practice and I was asking her about her experience and she said you know it's been really great I'm so happy I did it and I just turned a profit this month and she was saying in the first year she was very much breaking even with her business um and she found that to be a high achievement like she was very proud of that and she should be absolutely we should always be happy when we turn a profit but I think you should be focused on turning a profit in your first year and being really mindful of your overhead and where you're putting your money before you pay yourself um, and where you're putting your money before you're considering profit so I love 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 business budgeting I feel like it helps you have really good financial boundaries and it helps get you in a mindset of success. And the last thing and a very important thing that I feel like you should be focused on in your first year as a new business owner is creating your business plan. I recommend thinking through your five-year plan. So kind of brain dumping everything you hope to achieve in your career and putting it on a map over five years and then breaking that down into what you want to focus on in this first year. And then I recommend really practicing better time management. I personally use bullet journaling to plan out my year and then break it down into months and then weeks and sometimes even days, depending on how much I have going on. And actually outside of the bullet journaling community, that idea of 
journaling your day, uh, time management through creating your own calendar uh, or creating your own planner is a very common habit for successful entrepreneurs. And when I say successful, I mean people who have a million dollar plus business. They really make sure to utilize time management skills to ensure that they are maximizing productivity and that they are being really mindful of not getting lost in productive procrastination. So there you have it. Those are the aspects of being a business owner that I feel are the most important to focus on in your first year of business. If you want to create a successful private practice, focusing on these things uh, are going to really help you set a foundation for future success. And I want you to consider when you create your business plan, adding the goal of creating a sustainable business and eventually scaling what you do and expanding your income stream so that you can reach that six-figure goal and then go beyond it. It is possible and it's very, very attainable, more attainable than we think in our field because we tend to only think of those one-on-one services and we think once my calendar's full, I deem myself successful. But the reality is people in our field who find success beyond that are finding success by increasing their revenue streams. They don't only have revenue coming in from one-on-one services and their business portfolio is more expansive than that. And so I talk a lot more about that in other videos and in my masterclass. So be sure to check that out if you haven't yet. Um, there's a link down below or you could also go to my website, laurencebalding.co to sign up. So that is a lot for you to chew on, I know, and I encourage you to take a moment to um, just sit down and write this to-do list and really think about what order you want to focus on these things and what feels right for you as you look to become an entrepreneur. I believe in you and I believe you're going to see abundant success and I hope that I can support you through that journey. So be sure to follow me. Links are all down below and connect with me. I want to see you reach all of the goals, no matter how outlandish you have for your business and for your impact on the mental health field. Thanks so much for spending time with me today. I will see you in the next one. Bye. As we wind down from this episode, take a moment to reflect on your key takeaways. How can you care for your business and yourself this week? Don't forget, you are awesome and worthy of a hugely successful career. I hope to help you and support you along the way. I'll see you in the Collective Practice Facebook group and in the masterclass. Visit laurenspaulding.co for more details. Talk to you soon, friend.